And we're back for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. So we're going to start getting down on the video. We are back on the YouTube channel. Last time we appeared on the YouTube channel with the Michigan Recruiting Insider was signing day. We had a bunch of guests. We're going to start having more guests on via uh, the YouTube channel. Of course, you can always listen to us on the podcast channel as well. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it, of course. Also, like us on YouTube. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel as well as we are going to come every single week with the Michigan Recruiting Insider on the YouTube channel moving forward as well. Joining me this time, only one, you know, only one of the normal uh, additional pieces of the crew. Uh, Steve Lorenz is on vacation, but we can still put it down with the man, the myth, the legend, one Mr. Bryce Marich. Bryce, how you doing? Good. You got the best looking one of the two. So, I mean, that's good, especially we're on video. I mean, I'm a little hit. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little hit. I just got back from my bachelor party. Yeah, man. But, you know, I'm yeah, hanging hey. in. I'm hanging in. We're going to get you. We're going to improve the lighting so people can, you know, they can see the they can see the complexion just a little bit better. They can see the clean. Yeah, what side is the best beard line as okay. well, right? You got to get lined up if you're coming off of that off of that bachelor party. So. Looking forward to the pending nuptials of one Mr. Bryce Marriage. So, Bryce, we got a lot to get into this weekend with Michigan picking up a couple of international commitments and wanted to spend some more time taking a deep dive into that piece of the puzzle. Well, it's a new piece of the puzzle for Michigan. They picked up a kid in the 23 class, a defensive end prospect named Americ Kumba by way of France, and then they dipped into the 24 class and went international for a kid named Manuel Beagle and these are a couple of kids that the Wolverines got a chance to see during their satellite camp, right? Yeah, so with Kumba, he actually was a guy that Mike Elston, the defensive line coach, first put eyes on at the Mercer camp. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he satellite camp, yep. Yep, and he saw that length, that flexibility, that bend, that kind of twitch coming off the line. And again, they're not in pads, they're in helmets, but he has the physical tools the raw ability to where you're like, okay, we can work with this. And one thing we've noticed with Mike Elston so far since he's been in Ann Arbor, he's looking for guys he can develop. And he's find, he's found so far plenty of guys where I think have tons of upside. I mean, through the roof in terms of potential with these guys. So I'm really excited about him because we're going to talk more about international recruiting. This is something Michigan fans should kind of be familiar with because in 2016, they got a defense, another defensive lineman in Julius Welshoff from PPI recruits. Um, so, well, so yeah. Let me help you out. Velshaw. See, I, I had Velshaw. to too. Okay, a little something. little something. And if you get confused, just call the man Juice. We'll see juice? If the, we'll see if, we bring, if he brings that juice to the field this year because athletically, he's one of the freakiest guys on the team. I mean, I, I've heard that for years. It's just a matter of growing him up in the game. Remember, he was like an alpine skier or something like that. Crazy. Who, Crazy. Right. Who, who turned, who was this guy who has all of this, you know, have all, has all of this football potential. And so it's just been a matter of growing him up in the game. And they feel like he's poised to have a breakout campaign. But that's one of the things that I talked to Brandon Collier about. Uh, the leader of PPI recruits. PPI stands for for Premier Prospects International. And so, again, he brought those guys, uh, this latest crop of guys, stateside during his Dream Chasers tour. 
uh, and Michigan got a chance to lay eyes on two of their newest commitments first at Mercer, saw him again at another camp. We caught up with Brandon Collier, the guy who runs PPI recruits uh, for an interview to get more in-depth, not only into those prospects, but Michigan sort of turning this into a practice of looking abroad. So here's my conversation now with Brandon Collier. International guys who are looking to be noticed by institutions here domestically there is one name that I hear more and more about who they're contacting, and certainly it's been a vehicle for Michigan to get involved with international prospects. His name is Brandon Collier. You may have heard it a couple of times as Michigan picked up a couple of his kids here recently from PPI Recruits, Premier Prospects International. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing great, sir, man. Thanks for having me. I've been following you as well for the last years especially since Julius signed with Michigan back in I think the 2017 class and been following a big fan of yours as well yeah man appreciate you you taking the time to sort of talk about your program and talk about the the kids here recently that Michigan got commitments from out of your program but let's just start with your your beginnings Brandon I mean how did this concept start how did you get started sort of getting with international prospects and exposing them to American institutions yeah, I would say, well, the whole thing kind of started when I was back in high school. I went to a small high school in the inner city of Cleveland where not many college coaches came, so I kind of had to, had to handle my recruiting on my own. So I was waking up early, making my VHS tapes, calling coaches all time through the night. So, so what I'm doing right now, VHS, yeah, yeah, so it was VHS days. So like I said, my 2004, I came out of high school. So um, like I said, um sorry about this might try to call but i was making calls and things and end up um signing with umass uh, i had a short stint in the nfl with the eagles played in canada for a couple years then i went on to austria to start um a career in europe and i went on to germany after that in 2013 so i played up until 2016 and just kind of seen a niche that nobody was doing as i seen a lot of young talent throughout europe when i was playing actually playing against some guys that was 17 18 years old i was about 27 at the time and i'm like man after i'm done playing i'm gonna try to help these kids to get to america so that's kind of how it first started in 2016 i had found one kid just randomly at a football game he's actually playing in the cfl right now named tebow dubai ended up signing with Towson University. Um, he's a kid that if I would have had a couple years later, would probably played at a Michigan or something like that. But that's kind of when I first started and just kind of started developing these guys, started like I said, hosting camps all around the world and just really kind of um, trying to make a name for myself. And like I said, we did have done a really good job over the past years where we're over 100 kids and got Division One scholarships. Yeah. And so clearly your name, your name is is really moving out there. Uh, across mm -hmm. the pond, man. I mean, we're, we're now, it's like if, if guys want to go that route, they contact you. And that's mm -hmm. certainly what happened with, with Julius Velchoff or, or Juice. So kind of take me through that process of you connecting with him and then ultimately him winding up in Michigan. Yeah, this kind of when I first started in 2016, um, I, like I said, the kid, um, Tebow Dubai, and I helped another kid named Maxie that signed with Duquesne and Julius um, followed this thing through Facebook. I guess I was, I was going Facebook Live at a bunch of schools, and Julius was following this, and he reached out to me um, via Facebook and said, this is my name. I'm 6'6". Six, six. I'm 240 pounds. I run 4'4", four, 4'5", four, four, with 10'5", broad jumper, 
some like I said, some video game type numbers. I didn't really believe it because people say that all the time. Right. And the very next day, he jumped in the car. He lives about seven hours away from me driving. He jumped in the car seven hours and drove from Bavaria, Germany, up into Wiesbaden, Germany, where I'm located. And he showed up. It was snowing outside, and he ended up running a four-five in the snow and had a, like a ten-five broad jump in the snow. So, like I said, he did them couple things, and I'm like, man. This is the kid that's going to kind of take us to the next level. And we, we started working together for about five, six months. And I invited him to my summer tour, what we call the Dream Chasers Tour. And um, kind of the rest is history from there. Well, we, we camped at Michigan, didn't get all, didn't, didn't get all. Okay, let me kind of take that back a little bit. So I seen that this was in January. I met him in 2017. Then Michigan, ironically, came to France, no, it's Italy, Rome, Italy in 2017. So I, I, I went out there with him because uh, I, I played for the defense coordinator, Don Brown, at, at, at UMass. So I'm like, okay, man, you coming to Italy. I'm out here. Let me come meet you. I'm going to bring a prop. I didn't even mention Julius to him, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring this kid just to kind of see what American football, because I thought he was that type of level, which is his athletic ability. So he's out there um, watching and things like that. I mean, I got videos from this, so it's kind of like surreal to today to see him at Michigan. Then he came on the tour in June, did really well at the camp. They didn't offer him just because, I mean, the program was so new. Right. that I mean, no one thought as, as a Michigan talk about taking a German kid with playing one year of football. And we kind of got, in um, got into the season, sent a little more film and stuff like that. Then Michigan got an opening. Literally, I think a week before signing day, Coach Brown gave me a call and said, man, you think Julius would be interested still in Michigan? I'm like, I, I believe so. So um, he, he called Julius, offered him a scholarship, and kind of the rest is history from there. Right. So I know you've had a chance to sort of keep track of him and, and catch up with him here recently. He had one year of football when Michigan mm -hmm. got on him. So there was, you know, it, it was more than just to grow physically. He had to grow in the game mentally. Mm -hmm. When you, you talked to him recently, when you talked to the coaches recently, what did they tell you about where he is and his progression? Yeah, even before I talked to him or any coaches, to be honest with you, I had about 20 agents call me over the past um, months. I had some NFL scouts call me. I had multiple NFL people say, okay, man, this your kid. He got a fourth-round draft grade right now. And so he never really played football like it. I mean, he played sparingly at Michigan the last two years, had some good things. So I went up there to visit him. I visited him three times this summer, actually, just come back with prospects. And I'm speaking to the strength coach, man, like, who's the biggest freak on the team? And they said, juice. And I'm seeing him run versus defensive backs and things. The fastest-looking guy out there, the most explosive-looking guy out there. So I'm like, man, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised because I hadn't seen him since five, six years now. But just to kind of see him competing with some of the top prospects in the, in, in the world at Michigan and beating these guys in sprints and things like that. And the coaches say he's one of the hardest working guys on the team. So that's kind of, um, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that and things like that. And I'm just happy for his really last year. I think, man, if he, when he gets the right opportunity this year, man, I think that he'll have a great season. Like I said, he learned a lot from Aiden Hutchinson being his roommate for the last three years. And and things like that, best friends with him. So I think just that rubbing off on him, seeing him make 35 million bucks. I think, I mean, I think Juice is, 
I think he's ready to take that next leap. Yeah, man. Look, the physical part. I hear you say you you saw that. You knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of, of learning and growing mm-hmm. in the game. And now you know you learn behind a guy like Aiden. When you get your opportunity, now the lights are on. Let's see what he does with it. So it looks like he's gonna have that opportunity this year. Right. But, but that sort of paves the way, right? You get juice in the door at Michigan. You get profile in Michigan. They know that you have guys. Mm-hmm. So now when Brandon Collier calls up or he's on his dream chase of choice, it's like, okay, he, he he's going to bring some dudes by. Mm-hmm. So Americ Kumba, take mm-hmm. me into them seeing Americ Kumba for the first time, one of the most recent commitments to uh, to the University of Michigan. Yeah, I think that um, when Coach Elston came to Michigan, it, it, was, it was a big – because I had a good relationship with him from Notre Dame where – he offered one of my DNs, um, Alexander Ahrensberger, and really ha- he has having an impact right now at Notre Dame, so he liked him on and off the field. So coming into this summer, June 1st, um, we down at Mercer University, and Kum- Amir Kumba worked out. Um, like I said, Coach Elston, nobody knew who he was. I didn't really promote him like that because I knew what he was going to do. So I just kind of promoted, showed him that first day, and I mean, he dominated at this camp um, down in Georgia. End up getting about six or seven offers. Michigan didn't offer him at that point, but it flew the next two days to see him in Texas as we went to Texas to kind of grow a relationship with him. And they offered him about three days later. I mean, he's a kid that's 6'5, 230. I mean, just ridiculous wingspan, a 7'2 wingspan, huge hands, runs 4'7 to 40, um, explosive 10 something broad jump. Actually, got way more football experience than Julius as he played five, six years, and a way better football player as at this moment than Julius was at his time. So he, of course, he's still kind of raw, just being out here in Europe and with the not the same coach that they get in America, but he's more of a ready now prospect than Julius. I think he'll surprise a lot of people going forward. So his name, I remember vaguely seeing his name mentioned in a report about another prospect, which ironically he went to Ohio state a dude named hero canoe. Right. And I, I had see, his name was like me there. He didn't have a profile or anything like that. He was just mentioned as, is like a bullet point. So mm-hmm. was, was that, was that sort of the, the plan, you know, you sort of brought him along slowly in, in the background and the team started noticing him at that point, sort of give me, give me more on America's sort of background in the game and his background with you. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, Hero was probably the top prospect that we didn't had um, coming out of our program. So anybody that worked out alongside of him, because they was at a camp in Sweden together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Hero was actually uh, both is at that camp and they both did really well. So it might have been a report from that camp or something. But, yeah, I just think that um, with him, I didn't really oversell him because I knew when he – because the kind of the COVID year last year kind of hurt a lot of kids from Europe that couldn't come over. So I knew that, okay, once he finally able to come over, man, with his, with his length and, and athletic ability, man, his is going to sell itself. So that's kind of what I was patient with him and tell him just to trust the process. So, um, again, like I said, I didn't try to oversell him. I kind of wanted his talent to speak for itself and that kind of what it did. And I think, man, Michigan kind of really – hit on a big gym that they don't have to fight a lot of blue bloods for, which they probably would have if he was in America. All right, so break down his game, his height, his his weight, uh, speed mm-hmm. numbers. And, and, and when you watch him, 
Like what what jumps out at you? What does he do well when you watch mm. him work out? Yeah, he's a legit 6'5", 230-something pounds. I mean, with the frame, they probably put on 260. I mean, he, he runs 4'7". I guess they got a 10'2 broad jump. Very, um, actually very physical. I mean, he got almost 11-inch hands. So he got real big, strong, heavy hands. And I think that uh, what stands out about him is just his length. I mean, his long arm. I mean, just how he know how to use his body and things like that. And he know how, he know how to get under O line and with, with with being so long he can still get low and be flexible. I think that his first step explosion is really um unique and I think he got the ability to drop in coverage and stuff like that. He got the ability to play that um a job o Hutchison um outside linebacker role where he can drop in coverage and rush the passer. Because I think that of course his best football is ahead of him. But uh, he's not going to be so much of a project like Julius. But like I said, he's a kid that I would say in a year or two, man, a lot of Michigan fans will be thanking probably um, Coach Elston and maybe myself for helping that kid get to Michigan. So what's the plan for him? Uh, is he, is he going to play stateside this year? Or is he going to still be overseas? Like what, what's the process or plan for him before he comes to Michigan? Nah, he's actually finishing his senior season right now. So he's in – well, he's actually he just won a national championship out of France, and he's doing some national team things in in, in France before he go to Michigan in December. He sign and go in January. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so that wasn't the only one of Brandon Collier's guys from PPI Recruits. Mm-hmm. Again, Premier Prospects International. You can find him at PPIRecruits.com. Uh, we'll get more into that about where you know whether it's international or domestic prospects are kind of, you know, looking to you now for some help. So we'll get into that shortly, Mm -hmm. but also a 24 prospect, Brandon, that, you know, we hadn't really heard about uh, until, you know, we saw his name mentioned in the Michigan report, but Michigan Mm -hmm. offered him. He jumped on it. Manuel, or is it Manuel or Manuel Beagle? Kind of Manuel, Manuel Beagle. Manuel Beagle. So tell us about Manuel Beagle. Yeah, he's a guy I met uh, roughly about two years ago, and he, he came from playing soccer, 10 years of soccer, and he outgrew the sport. And one of my good friends named Max Zahar out of Germany said, man, I got this big kid, play soccer, didn't play much football. You should take a look at him. He's really athletic. So I seen him. He was 6'5". I mean, he had these big, broad shoulders. I think he was 260 at the time, but now he's 285. I mean, he's a kid. Like I said, if you if you ever see any soccer player, they got really good feet and balance. That, yeah. So he's, I mean, he's just so quick and athletic to be this size. I mean, like I said, he got the frame to put on to be 305, 310, and moving really well, man. I, another kid I think Michigan really hit a home run on because he's going to spend the next two years in Connecticut um, developing that choke um, um, preparatory school and Man, like I said, we we went down to Alabama. And Nick Saban brought him into the office and said, "Man, like you one of the most impressive prospects that I've seen this year." You know what I mean? If when I see any film of you, I'm gonna offer you a scholarship. I mean, I really like what you did today. As you know, man, anybody that can get that type of recognition, I mean, without I didn't tell Coach Saban about him, so they kind of they they seen him on hand, and and so that's kind of what happened. Um, we worked out at Ohio State on the first day Manuel got to the U.S., but he got a, he got like a heat, um, like he was dehydrated, so couldn't finish the workout because it was so 
hot and he just got off the plane. So I shouldn't have let him work out then because he wasn't ready. But um, but the very next day, I'm like, man, you got to suck this up, man, because I think Michigan would be a great fit for you. So he kind of sucked it up, man. It had a very impressive workout, man. Like the things that he did for his side, like Central Michigan was there. They offered him first on the spot at the workout. Then, man, Coach Elston kept coming to me like, man, yeah, he's it's – a, it's an impressive guy right here. And I would say two, three days later, Coach Elston called with a scholarship for him. Okay. All right. So, again, that's that's two more of your guys. <laughs> I'm sure you have some more in the in the incubator, so to speak, guys that you're raising, that you're bringing up. Uh, so, any more names that we should be yeah. on the lookout for that, that coaches are sort of ha- have their eye on right now? Yeah, they actually offered another kid named Justin Okoronko. H- how you say that name? Justin Okoronko, a German, half Nigerian, half German kid out of um, Bavaria, Germany, out of the Munich area. They offered him at a camp, and he's a class of 24, man. He's got off from Penn State as well, so... I'm not sure how long he'll make a decision, but I know Michigan is very high. Then we got Kofi Taylor Barracks, a kid from the UK that Michigan is very high on as a linebacker as well. I think they, I believe he'll be offered by Michigan very um, soon. So them a couple guys, but man, I got, I got about 20 to 30 other guys over the next two classes that I think that's that level type of talent. So, um, like I said, I'm gonna kind of let them, I'm gonna kind of let them speak for themselves for their talent. But like I said, just. Be on the lookout, man. I think this pipeline could get even bigger soon. Okay, so Justin, what again? Justin Okoronko. Okay. Uh, I might okay. be saying that wrong, but it's similar. <laughs> it's, uh, but he's a ball player, right? He's a ball. Yeah, he's 6'2", 205, ran high 4'4", 4'5", 40. And, man, it's an impressive guy, man. I think that he'll be one of the top pro- linebacker prospects I would say all of the world if we just speak because he's in Europe. But, I mean, he's – I think he's a top 10 linebacker prospect in the world if I if I had to say it. So are, are any more of your guys going to be playing from overseas, going to be playing high school ball in America this year? Yeah, I got I got another O-lineman that's going to be playing – I got two O-linemen that playing in Santa Margarita High School mm-hmm. in California from the same um, school as Hero Canoe came from. Mm-hmm. That that one of my good friends, the head coach there, Anthony Rousier, and I got a kid that's going to IMG, probably one or two kids going to IMG Academy. Um, I got a kid from Senegal named um, Mamadou. I can't pronounce his last name. I'm sorry, Momo, but um, <laughs> he, he'll be going. He'll either be going to IMG or or he got a couple other um schools that's that offered him high school wise to come there and play for him. Um, let me see who else. Um, a kid named another kid named Keon. I can't even pronounce. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm I'm bad with these last names. Hey, not, hey, listen. So he's another German kid that we playing at IMG. But we have about four or five kids playing at the high school level. Um, but most of our kids will be coming from um, either Europe or Australia. So directly from the pipeline or from their club team directly to the um to to college football. So uh, this isn't one of your kids, but he he is a Santa Margarita Catholic in Collins, Atchee, and Pong. Did you have any knowledge 
or connection to him at, at Who all. Who is this? Collins Atchie and Pong, the defensive end. Ah, that, that, that Michigan it, just it, it, you know, you know, it's I, I haven't. I, yeah, I got. Not, I have a lot of knowledge of him because, like I said, my one of my good friends, the head coach there, so he called me. So I got this kid. He's from Africa, been playing basketball here. That's really a freak athlete, man. And then, ironically, Michigan. Um, he committed to Michigan maybe a week or so later. So. I, again, I know um, Hero Kanu know him well, and and another kid that I'm working with, a domestic kid, Tyler Parker. So the guy went viral. I don't know if you've seen him, but he, the 14-year-old kid went viral. So I kind of met him through Hero, and he came on our tour with us. And um, I think Michigan actually going to offer him over the next couple of days, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Santa Margarita Catholic. We need to be. So Tyler Parker's there. Collins Atchie Pong is there. And you said you have – who do you have at Santa Margarita right now? Okay. Um, it's going to be a kid named um, Jaden. First name is Jaden. Um, then another kid um, – another kid uh, – he's from Germ Berlin, Germany. Then we're going to have another kid out of Wiesbaden, Germany um, named uh, – here's the thing uh brandon whether it be international kids or kids here domestically that either you know want to connect with you for more exposure or they want to go on a dream chasers tour uh, at some point how can they get connected with you and everything that you're doing Okay, yeah, they could follow. Um, like I said, we 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 really was open to only international kids, but we have grown so much that we didn't help some domestic kids. We got a kid that went to Memphis named Warren Peoples that came on a Dream Chasers tour. A domestic kid from the U.S. Um, at Memphis now again, we got the kid Tyler Parker that really went viral over the last couple of weeks. Fourteen years old, man. I think he'll be a five-star D lineman. How big is he? Up real quick. How big is Tyler? He's six foot three oh five at fourteen, man. But he's I mean a kid his build is so impressive, man, that he can carry three oh five like a lot of people can carry two sixty. So he, he got long arms as well. Um but how you can get into contact with us is I mean through social media um channel. My personal social media is B call your PPI, so B C O L L I E R P P I. Then our um our our page, our, our Instagram um, for PPI is at PPI Recruits. And then we got a website, um, PPIRecruits.com. Also, email info at PPIRecruits.com. And lastly, I would say Instagram at PPIRecruit, not with an S on the end. So, PPIRecruit. Uh, so, like I said, them the best ways to get in contact with us, whether you want to go on a tour help get more exposure or anything, man. Like I said, I think, I think we, how far fast we growing right now, we only going to get better with everything. And um, I think that we are one of the top organizations of what we do in the world. And um, we're going to just continue to share a lot more and more top prospects. Yeah, man. And my last one for you, it definitely seems like an avenue that at least right now, if you're, if you're on it, you can, you can find some hidden gems that other schools don't know about yet. I know the secret is getting out, but it still feels like a little bit like a secret that Michigan and a few other schools have peeped a little earlier than the rest. Yeah, man. Like I say, it is kind of a secret, you would say, but I think it's more of a secret that the schools don't let it know. But really, 
I'm a lot of head coaches is in my direct messages, man. From from the biggest schools in the world in in America. So so they they really I would say every school in the country know who we are. They they know exactly who we are. They don't want to probably uh, be out there as much, but they they are sending me messages messages asking about the 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 top prospects, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Whoever with Michigan, Penn State, all these head coaches are in contact or assistant coaches, somebody contacting about the kids and stuff like that. But I would say over the next year or two, you kind of see you'll see a lot more kids getting placed and a lot of these blue blood schools taking international kids without even hesitating anymore. Gotcha. Well, Brandon, appreciate your time. We certainly are going to be keeping track of you, your kids, and when the Dream Chaser Tour come back around, we'll certainly be keeping track of that too, man. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much, my brother. Thank you for your time as well. Thank you. So, Bryce, uh, that was enlightening, to say the least, when you, you hear from the guy who goes back to first, Julius Velchoff, as you said. You know, he's the guy back in 16. He sees Brandon connecting with some prospects, and he says, hey, I'm, I want to do that. I, You know, I'm, I've kind of grown out of this this skier side and I feel like I could do some things in football and boy did you know Brandon saw him one time work out and he's like man this dude is a legit guy his connection and being a former player for Don Brown uh, was really the vehicle that got Julius Velshoff noticed by Michigan and the rest as they say is history and then of course you fast forward to the here and now and you know the opportunity to get these this latest couple of guys, these latest couple of guys in front of Michigan uh, really, really did the trick. And nothing like those live scouting moments to really give a coach an opportunity to, to put an eye on the potential. And that's all it took for Michigan to go ahead and extend these offers. Yeah, we talk about um, evaluations and in-person evaluations and how crucial they are in terms of recruiting. And especially they became even more heightened during the pandemic, you know what I mean? Cause they didn't really get that, you know? So this is kind of new. It's, I, obviously the coaches have done this for years, but they're getting back on the saddle kind of figuring it out. And so this is a guy, again, they saw at the Mercer camp, they got him back up to Ann Arbor. Mike Elson did a little film study with him, got to pick his brain to see again, how much does he really know about the game? Because a guy from Paris, France, how much, would he know, you know, as far as soccer, maybe he knows a lot about soccer, but he right. knew a lot about football. Yeah, because, you know, different from Julius, and we obviously we went in this, into this with Brandon. Ju Julius hadn't been hadn't played football at all. I mean, this was just I'm a big athlete. I want right. to play football now, whereas, you know, America has actually been playing some football. You know, so it's, it's not he's further along in his progression. The level of competition is is obviously going to be a steep leap for him. Uh, but he at least is, has some familiarity with the game. So it won't be as steep a learning curve for him when he finally comes uh, stateside. But to get into this maybe being a theme moving forward, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about how NIL in its current, you know, format, in its current application, how it is a, a disadvantage for Michigan. I mean, it's just the brass tax of it, right? They don't apply. NIL in the way that the majority of college football is applying NIL. Now, how do you bridge that gap? Again, you got to have really, really good recruiters who can 
go out and, you know, the guys that you have the opportunity to really get, that if, if they're looking at a lot of things in addition to NIL, you can get them. Mike Elston did that with Eno Etta, right? Eno Etta had a bunch of options. I'm sure he heard a bunch of NIL pitches, but clearly there, there are a number of factors that go into his recruitment, academics being a huge one, right? And so Mike Elston able to get that one done and bring that one home. Same thing with Collins Pong, who had a number of factors that he's looking at, academics being one of them, player development being another, NIL was a factor, gave him pause, right? Miami made him think, LSU made him think, but at the end of the day, he winds up picking Michigan. That's, that's of course, Mike Elston, but you got to give Dylan Roney a lot of credit too because, man, that was a guy who – was really shouted out by Collins. Man, Dylan Roney spent a lot of time with them on a visit, so you got that whole staff recruiting effort sort of injected into this equation. So you got to be able to do that, and then development. So if you if you are in on as many five stars as you were before because of NIL, can you grow some guys into being four and five stars, right? Can you grow them up in the game? I know Collins Pong is playing here now, Bryce, but he's very young in his football development, only played as a freshman, right? So you're going to have to grow him up in the game. And then, of course, these two international guys in Amerit Kumba and Emmanuel Beagle, you're going to have to grow them up as well. But if you look at just their raw physical traits, these guys have the characteristics to be impact players, but you got to grow them up. you got to develop them. That's one of the ways in which it feels like Michigan is going to try to bridge whatever gap has been created with NIL. Yeah. You know, we kind of talked about it before, even the podcast of international recruiting. And it's funny because if you think about it, there's millions of people on the other side of the country, you know? And if you think, if you look on that side, there's gotta be a couple guys, a couple diamond in the roughs. And this all started from when Harbaugh went over there to see the Pope, you know? Right. And now look, now they're developing a pipeline to where they're finding hidden gems and all this untapped potential, and they're just scratching the surface of what's to come, you know? And who's to say these guys are going to pan out to be the next David Ojabo? I'm not sure. But there's the potential, you know? And you can see the formulas there at Michigan. And another thing, you mentioned NIL. You don't really have to worry about that with international students. But you can sell them on this. Look at David Ojabo again. The guy obviously wasn't able to benefit from the NIL at Michigan, but he became a second-round pick after tearing his ACL at his pro day. I mean, most guys, their stock's dropping drastically if that happens. So he definitely got paid. At the end of the day, that's what people want, the prospects to go to the next level, get paid, and Michigan has the formula and the ingredients to get them to where they want to go. So I – I think international recruiting is one spot they can definitely take advantage going forward. Yeah, I, I think, and, and just a, a nod to Mike Elson one more time, I think that the way his defensive line class has un, or is unfolding, because, I mean, who's to say it's a finished product, right? I mean, you got some, some interior prospects that you can still uh, see Michigan chasing. But I think the way that this class is unfolding is maybe like the model. Like they're, 
you're still going to be in the mix. Make, make no mistake. When I talk about NIL, uh, the application of it being a disadvantage, like Michigan isn't doing the pay-for-play thing. Now, again, you know, if it were me, <laughs> you know, I have no moral quarrel with the idea of paying prospects. That's not Michigan's way, which is fine, right? But you got to be able to get some of those. Like, you can't be disqualified from all, you know, prospects, all, you know, high four-star and five-star prospects. There have to be some that you still have a chance to get. Eno Etta. That is a heavily contested recruitment that Mike Elston was able to get done, right? Even with the specter of NIL looming out there, down in Texas, he goes out and he gets that done. You got to still be, you got to have the recruiting prowess on your staff to still win battles like that. You got to be in the mix for a Nicholas Harper. There are going to be some guys still out there that you can mitigate that NIL disadvantage with. And I'm just talking about in the application of it, not doing the, the pay-for-play thing. Guys can still come to Michigan and, and earn big-time NIL dollars. They just aren't guaranteed those dollars coming in the door. That's what Michigan doesn't do. But can you still get some of those guys? He did that. And then, and same thing with Collins Atchie and Pong to a point, right? But then can you identify those guys, whether internationally or domestically, that might not be to that level yet and grow them up. And he has, he's identified those guys too. That might be a model that can be applied across the board for Michigan recruiting. So we'll see if it works out that way, Bryce. But we got to get to a break. When we come back on the other side, we will get into offensive line recruiting and sort of picking up where we left off before because there have been some significant developments on that front. We will add to it some more confirmations for the barbecue at the big house. We'll even get into some basketball recruiting as well. This is going to be a huge basketball recruiting weekend for the Maize and Blue. We'll get to that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insight. All right, Bryce. So we talked offensive line recruiting last week in light of the board sort of thinning out at the very top with the top 100 guys that Michigan was on and sort of pivoting into who are the guys remaining in the top 100 that Michigan was still in the mix for. So we talked about Monroe Freeling. We talked about um, we, we talked about uh, DJ Chester was another one that we got into. And then, of course, we, we talked about Spencer Fino, who let's just start there because we we sort of joked around a little bit about how I just I give Michigan credit. They got him on campus. He is talking about coming back, which we will get into. He is giving them reasons to think that they have a legitimate chance in this race. And while that may be the case, Bryce, I just have a hard time. I have a hard time seeing any team overcoming, you know, the hometown school that his brother's playing at in BYU. But there's at least reason to think Michigan has a, a puncher's chance, right? Yeah, I, I don't want to say the same thing again the lander barn thing but it does it's in the back of your mind isn't it you know when you think of recruitment like this you think of the ties especially where where he has around that certain school and he's on the opposite side of the country it just makes you leery of like can michigan really do this but we talked about the formula of how to get out of region kids especially high profile ones 
you got to get them up to campus probably at least twice to really have a puncher's chance in recruitment. I mean, they got the one half. He lives in Provo and his brother plays on the team. I mean, it's possible. Hey, you know what? But here's the thing. What if his brother transfers, right? It's true. You know, things happen. Things happen. So you got to recruit, especially nowadays. You never know. And what if his brother says, I like Michigan? You never know. I mean, there's. I'm not saying that could happen. But at the same time, what if he does transfer? You know, now all those ties, and let's say it's a bad transfer. I don't, again, I'm not saying this will happen, but you never hey, know. You just Andrew, never know. Andrew Gentry, case in point, right? There you go. Proof in the pudding. So, so right? it, it, look, it's possible. But, you know, as, as possibilities go, I do think that there are some uh, that are, are more realistic in the mix. But, again, if you could get a guy on campus twice, I think that puts you in puncher's chance category, right? And so Spencer Fano will be back. Yeah, so he actually has locked in official visit, we found out um, and learned, for the Michigan State weekend. And that is, when you're looking at the home schedule, that is probably the best game to see. I mean, hate to say it, but that is probably the highlight of the season in terms of home games they have here. That will be a big environment. Um a rivalry game and one where, you know, he came up during the spring and while that was certainly nice and he probably got a lot of quality one-on-one time with Sharon Moore and got to see the facilities and walk in the big house, it was empty. You know, a game day environment is completely different in Ann Arbor than just walking through on a random Thursday or whatever in April. And so I think that could take him back. And while BYU is a great, program and they probably got a great stadium and a lot of great you know alums there it's a different experience it's a different experience you know and a lot can happen like i said so again getting back up and one more little thing i'm not saying it's gonna happen but i've heard rumbling rumblings that he could potentially even make it for the barbecue we'll see yeah we'll certainly see on that but the guy who Again, not to say that Michigan is the favorite. They're going to get this guy. But when Michigan offered him, I said, Bryce, got to go see DJ. You remember this? I remember. You're like, I don't know. You got to go see DJ Chester. I just got a feeling that this is one of the guys uh, that they will have a better shot with because I think they're going to they're getting in at a point where they should be able to get him up on on campus for a visit. And now DJ Chester is locked in for an official, too. So he said for that same week in the Michigan State weekend, Sam, he will be in town with Fano. Those are two top 100 offensive tackle prospects. I know fans have been crying out loud. Where have been all these, you know, top end offensive linemen? Well, now you got two coming for the biggest game, biggest home game of the year. This is a guy I didn't personally think that they're going to get much traction from when I went first see him. He was a little familiar with Michigan. He obviously watched the Ohio State game, was very impressed. He knew about the Joe Moore Award. But other than that, he joked with me. He's like, I haven't been north of Chicago. So he's like, I don't have a clue what Michigan has to offer. But he did take a visit, and he camped. We talked about last podcast in Ann Arbor. He really enjoyed that experience with Sharon Moore. Most pundits think he's probably going to stay down south. But again, for him just to lock in an official visit to Michigan, that's a win itself. And from there, you never know. I know Steve Wolfong has said this for years, 
but Michigan knocks it out of the park when it comes to just recruiting visits. You know, once they get kids on campus and he covers all the programs in the country, he said Michigan is one of the top programs just impressing kids when they get them on campus. So you never know. I actually think they have a better chance with DJ Chester than Spencer Fano right now. Me too. And we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, and, and look, one of the unfortunate things is you got to get deep into these recruitments before you really understand where NIL fits in on the list of priorities. Like it, I, I say all the time, you know, if it's the factor, Michigan's not going to get that guy. Like if, if, if it's about NIL and NIL is the majority of, of the criteria, if not all of it, they're not going to get that guy because that, that guy is going to go to the highest NIL bidder. Right. And Michigan just won't do that. But if it's one of the factors that they're considering, and, and you know, then that prospect will will listen to what Michigan is pitching about the NIL opportunities because the NIL opportunities will be plentiful for any prospect coming to Michigan. They're going to have you know opportunities up the wazoo. Uh, the question is, you know, how how willing is a guy to forego the sure sure thing? And I don't pass judgment on those who aren't willing to forego the sure things, like the guarantee coming in the door that I know I have this NIL deal coming in, you know, to each his own, I, that would be something that would appeal to me, right? Because what if you get injured, right? So I, I get it. I get it. But there are enough prospects out there for whom the guarantee is not a huge deal. And you, you got to get deeper into the recruitment to really figure out, is this guy – is this one of those guys or not, right? And so right now, still seems like, you know, that's up in the air, at least for as far as Michigan's recruitment of DJ Chester is concerned. But here's what we also know. Michigan not putting all of their eggs in those 23 offensive line recruiting baskets, right, as they're expanding the board. Yeah, so actually just yesterday, Sharon Moore extended two new offers, um, and I think it was in light of the Paul Mubanga news. Uh, that was a guy that we all crystal balled. I, Sam, I will give you credit. I will give you credit. You warned me. I got a little I jumpy. My, I should have warned myself. I, I mean, I, I warned you and I warned me. I know, but and I got I, a little I jumpy. Follow it. And I, you know... I'm, he definitely sold me on the academics and I'm not saying he still isn't loyal to academics or anything like that, but there could have been other factors. You never know when he committed to LSU, but that was the program for him and you just move on from there. And so he was expected to come up for the barbecue that will not be happening anymore. He will have several of his top, you know, teammates at the barbecue, but I think Michigan right now, and especially Sean Moore is looking at the board and saying, okay, we would love to have a guy right next to a mirror herring that has a high potential, high ceiling. It has several tools that could be another all big Ten, all, you know, caliber guy. One of the guys they offered fits the bill to a T He's a Texas tech commit. He just got, he just skyrocketed his uh, stock to a four star. His name's Nick fatigue. He's a you know six four two seventy five pounder. He's uh his measurables is incredible. I know twenty four seven sports is really high in the measurables. Multi sport guy, 
and he's got potential, you know, uh, position uh, flexibility there. So he's a top. He does the shot put. He does the discus, and he's a uh, he competed in the 2022 USA Weightlifting National Championship, and I think he won in one of those in Vegas recently. So there's a lot of skills there, a lot of tools there. And when I talked to him, I just posted the story on TMI. He mentioned to me, he said, listen, as much as I love Texas Tech, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't look into Michigan and really take a close, close look at them. You know, he said, I'm wanting to look at the business program. That I, that's what he wants to major in. And so he's going to take official visit, I think, probably in the fall. He was mentioning September. Nothing's locked in yet there. But that's kind of where he's leaning. I really think Michigan has a shot there. I know he's from Texas. He's he's committed to Texas Tech. But at the same time, Sharon Moore and what he's done up front, along with him saying he's a business major, that's a lot of boxes checked in favor of Michigan there. So I think they have a real shot with this kid. Right. So we shall see, again, not putting all their eggs in the top 100 offensive line target categories. Uh, you know, sort of branching out a bit. Uh, and then, you know, we're, we're working on some more barbecue confirmations, by the way. And it could be the case that they have uh, a, a top 23, or at least for them, a top 23 at the barbecue. But we got to get that confirmed first because we are, we are efforting that. Don't want to drop any names uh, at the moment until we receive the confirmation along those lines. Uh, but, hey, speaking of the barbecue, Bryce, we do have some – 2024 barbecue confirmations, a number of them along the offensive line. An interesting uh, sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a coincidence, but you know, maybe it's a sign of direction with Michigan's focus in Ohio. Been seeming like, you know, the push in Ohio is stronger here in the short term, uh, at least insofar as it, it comes down to the barbecue confirmations because a number of them coming out of the state of Ohio. Yeah, so this is a pleasant surprise. You know, I didn't expect Michigan to really be recruiting Ohio the way they have been, but they're making a point of emphasis to really attack that state. And I think it's a smart, I think it's a smart move by them because again, Ohio State they can only take so many kids, and at the rate Ohio State's recruiting at, it's such nationally that it is tough. You know, and I know Cincinnati's making moves there as well. But you're Michigan. I feel like you should be able to land some of these kids as well if you really want them. A couple of those offense linemen you mentioned, Ben Roebuck, he's a 6'7", 320-pound mammoth offensive tackle. Comes from the same school as Kyle Kalis, St. Edwards. So they definitely are well-coached, definitely well-disciplined, and it's a guy that's been up to Michigan before. So this isn't his first rodeo, seeing Ann Arbor. Another guy, Avon, Ohio, six foot four or six foot five, 290 pound. He's a four-star offensive tackle, Luke Hamilton. Another guy that has been up to Michigan before, has a great relationship with Sharon Moore, and he's eager to check out Ann Arbor once again. And finally, third guy is Brian Robinson. You talk about a guy that posts a lot of, you know, workout tapes. Usually I don't put too much, you know, stock into it, too much whatever into it. But Sam... Even for me, this is pretty impressive. Some of the way he's, you know, throwing up there and stuff like that. 6'4", 230. You know what? 
I mean, for me at least. I don't know about for you. I still gotta but, see. Uh, I, mean, I still gotta see you throw up this this two twenty five ten times like you've been talking about, right? Put it on the live. Put it on the live. I want to make sure the whole world sees right. it too. You know what All I mean? Right. But Brian Robinson, he's from Youngstown, Ohio. Michigan offered him. He's been up there a couple times, and he actually loves Michigan simply because of Steve Klinkskill, uh, who's from the Youngstown, Ohio area as well. So there's a lot of connections there. Um, and these are three guys I think Michigan really has a shot with. Again, Ohio State, anytime they want a guy in Ohio, makes it 10 times harder. But Michigan is laying down the foundation. They're really putting in efforts in the state. And I think overall it will pay off in the end. And it, this is a good step in making that happen. Yeah, yeah. The barbecue, then it's going to be a loaded, loaded week. And, you know, I mentioned we're working on some offensive line confirmations. There are a couple of big yeah, defensive confirmations that I'm working on right now. Uh, you know, by press time or by the time this podcast posted or posts, it may be up on the MichiganInsider.com. So be sure to check it out. But, uh, you know, Michigan been pushing really, really hard for a return visits for a couple of their prime defensive targets, a couple of their top defensive targets. And I'm hearing that they're locked in, but I just want to confirm it before I, before I throw it out there. So check us out over on the MichiganInsider.com for those. Uh, they would be big confirmations. I think they would be signals that Michigan, again, in my opinion, if they return for visits, that this, what it would signal to me is that Michigan is out front for both prospects. That would be my belief. So we'll get into well, we that. We call that a tease. We call that a call tease that a in the business, yeah. huh? Okay. Yeah. But it's not just a big weekend or a big week for Michigan football. Next week will be a huge visit weekend for Michigan basketball as they have four-star power forward, out of Texas, now playing his final year of high school ball over in Arizona, a kid named Zayden High, whose recruitment has exploded here in the spring. I mean, he was back in in March. It was like UTSA and some other sort of lower-tier mid-major basketball schools to now. It's like Michigan and Villanova. He just picked up an offer from North Carolina. You got LSU coming in the mix. I mean, he is just racking up the offers left and right. Zayden High is about 6'9", 6'10", 225 pounds. I've heard some scouts sort of liken him to a longer version of Isaiah Livers. We had Tim McCormick, who runs the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp on the Michigan Basketball Insider, say he didn't really see him shoot it like Zay, and I agree with that, but I think Michigan thinks he has the potential to shoot it like that in time so getting him on campus at this point i think is very significant because part of me wondered why are they pushing so hard to get him on campus now bryce why as opposed to getting him on campus for a visit weekend during football season with all the pomp and circumstance what i think is the rationale behind it is i think they want to get him on campus twice right what, what's our principle when in football recruiting right can you get an out of region guy on campus twice I think Michigan is pushing for the, or they push for the official now because I think they plan on trying to get Zayden High to come back uh, for a visit weekend in the fall. And uh, I don't know if it's going to work out that way, 
But I think the relationship is such that that I give him a real shot at getting that done. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. And then the other guy that's slated to be, he'll be on campus Tuesday. So Tuesday through Thursday, he's ranked number 43 overall in the country. By the time the cycle is over, he could be even higher. But it's gone from out of the rankings altogether to now four-star top 50 guy at number 43 overall in the country. And then the number one point guard in the country. A big-time, big-time prospect on the board for the maize in, in blue. Uh, but, man, when you talk about top targets, for Michigan, this has been a name that we've talked about for some time, even when he wasn't mentioning Michigan in interviews. But Isaiah Collier, Wheeler High School down in Georgia, number 10 in the country according to 24-7 Sports, the number one point guard in the country, 6'3", 190-pound, five-star guy who locked Michigan in. If you watched us and you read the reports from the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp, Last month, we told you that this is what Michigan was trying to do. They were trying to lock Zayden High and Isaiah Collier in for the last week of the month. That is a done deal. It'll be Zayden High Tuesday through Thursday, followed by Isaiah Collier Thursday through Saturday. And Michigan sort of duking it out at this point, seemingly the most with UCLA, Alabama, Cincinnati, uh, USC. Those are the schools that are jumping out at me because those are the schools that he's taking official visits to. That's not to say that that's, you know, the list, but those are the ones that seem like Michigan is punching and boxing with the most. Time will tell, but a huge, huge, huge visit week for the Maize and Blue. And Bryce, one more that could be visiting here in the not-too-distant future. I just got to give you a shout-out. I sent you down to Spies last year. And there was a guy who was, you know, he was right around the top 100. He wasn't ranked nearly as high as he is now. But now he's, man, you talk about five-star, you know, top 10 in the country, dude. Xavier Booker was a guy you laid eyes on before Michigan even offered him. Uh, and now he's number four in the country. And there's talk, even though Michigan isn't mentioned among the favorites, a lot of Michigan State talk, a lot of Duke talk. I think Michigan State's probably the favorite for that young man. There's a lot of talk that he could slide in here for a visit in the not-too-distant future to Ann Arbor, so that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, this is a guy that I accidentally saw. I mean, I was actually – this isn't my fault, but I was watching the wrong game, and he just stood out to me. This 6'10", 200-pound, lanky, long, athletic guy. It was like a pogo stick. I mean, every ball that went up there, he was getting that rebound. And then not only was he doing that, he was – taking the ball down the floor as well, and then creating offense for his teammates or doing it himself. So I was like, this kid has to be like a top 50 player. And I looked up, and he was a three-star and didn't have many offers at the time. And I'm like, what is the deal with him? Next thing you know, he does a couple more, you know, circuits here, and he blows up. And now he's a top five, according to 24-7 sports, overall player in the nation. He's a very elite guy, shot blocker. He kind of reminded me a little of Musa in terms of his athletic ability and traits. You know, he just jumps out the ceiling. And so I really liked his game. I think he fit really well. He would fit really well at Michigan. I know when I did talk to him at that camp, he said one of the things I do like about Michigan, even though he didn't have an offer, was Jawan Howard. He's like to be coached by a big man himself that's made it to the pros on top of one a ring there. 
and those guys like LeBron James and Dwayne Wayne, you can't ask for much more. So they got a lot in their favor, but at the same time, it could be an uphill battle like some of the schools you mentioned, Sam, Michigan State, Duke, and even the in-state schools, Indiana, Purdue. Uh, Michigan State and Duke, especially though, because like when we talked to him down at the top 100 camp, it's it like, who, who is the coach you hear from the most? Who are you close to? Tom is on Michigan State. I mean, he was, and that, and that's been the case for a long. And, and so, if Michigan is going to bridge the relationship gap, they've been recruiting him, but they were later to the offer party than the others. Uh, when when Michigan is able to bridge the gap, it's because a obviously Juwan's a huge relationship guy anyway. But the other piece of that is the respect that he garners as a developer and as a guy who knows what it is to play in that league for a long time and develop guys to play in that league for a long time. That'll say, that'll get guys to say, all right, hey, maybe I have, they haven't, you know, been on me as long with an offer, but that doesn't matter. I like the guy and I know he can develop me. We'll see if Xavier Booker winds up being one of those guys that says the same thing. Hey, and just to point out too, you never know. I mean, look at Terrace Reed. He was going to commit to Ohio state, right? And Jawan Howard and them flipped that one, another big man. So, yeah. hey, I'm just telling the people, just like Spencer, you know, Fano, you never know. Yeah, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Purdue were really strong. And I think it was between Ohio State and Michigan State uh, before he came on that Michigan visit, and Michigan completely turned it around for that very reason that I just laid out. So that's why I say if, they can, if Michigan can get him on campus, if Jawan can get in front of a big fella like that, you got at least a puncher's chance. We'll see if they get Xavier Booker locked in. Don't forget, working on some barbecue at the Big House confirmation, some significant ones. So be sure to check that out over on the MichiganInsider.com. If you don't follow us over there, we do the Recruiting Insider every day, 24-7. And for just $1, you can get in on that mix. So be sure to check us out over on the MichiganInsider.com. Of course, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. Of course, if you follow us on the YouTube channel, subscribe to us. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and be sure to follow us on the Michigan Recruiting Insider, the Michigan Basketball Insider, our Behind the Uniform series, which we're throwing up our latest episode with with Will Johnson. So check that out. Always something going on with the Michigan Insider. So again, folks, thanks for listening. Next time, we're going to get into some deeper barbecue at the Big House preview here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.